nothing away from this podcast. The one thing I hope that you do take away is the three main Zeke Gebers to thriving, and that is light, nutrient timing, and movement early, 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 early. Once you wake up, because that's going to tell your body we're up and about, you will feel so much better and you will feel like doing more. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back to the Spiritual Shipworker Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And I'm uh, sharing something new. This is something I've never done on the podcast yet, um, but I'm super excited. And when I met Roger uh, Sutherland on Instagram, um, uh, I immediately knew that he was going to be on the podcast, just given what he does, who he is, and what he offers to the world. And if you did listen to, obviously, to the intro clip, you'll understand that Roger is Australian, so he's on the other side of the world, but that we have a lot of common in common when it comes to, obviously, law enforcement and shift work. And this episode today is part one of three, because... After this episode was recorded, Roger and I decided we had a lot to talk about and it just made perfect sense to break down the other two topics into their own two individual podcasts. So this is part one of this little mini series, which I'm so excited to offer. And I feel that this is going to maybe be something that is going to evolve with the podcast. And so I'm super happy that Roger is sort of my beginning uh, test Test guinea pig, as they say, for little mini-series here. So, yeah, I am super excited to share Roger, his extensive knowledge when it comes to not just surviving, but really, really thriving while living a lifestyle of shift work. We dig into, obviously, the whole concept of what our body does on shift work, how it we aren't meant to actually live this way. What our body does when we're supposed to be sleeping. We talk about supplements. We talk about naps. And we talk about, as I mentioned in the clip, they're the main three things that our bodies want, which is light, movement, and nutrient timing, right? Our circadian rhythm is built on the sun and the moon. And so I am super excited for you to hear everything that Roger has to share not just in uh, part one, but in part two and part three, which will be dropping in the next couple weeks. So grab that Java. Let's get started. Welcome, Roger, to the podcast. I am super excited to be able to chat with you tonight for me. It's the morning for you. And once you go to introduce yourself, people will probably understand why. But I'm so happy you're here. Um, yeah, so Maybe you could just introduce yourself for the audience and uh, we're going to get started. 
And good morning to you, Leanne, from Australia, Melbourne, Australia, then the very, very bottom of our tiny little great big island in the uh, south of the equator down there and out of the way of all the rest of the world's problems. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, my name's Roger Sutherland and I, um, I 24-7 shift worker. I've worked in frontline law enforcement for next month, it will be 39 years. So I've got a fair bit of time up my sleeve in a shift working environment. Um, in around uh, when I was 30, uh, sorry, when I was 36, when I was 56, I was watching the, my colleagues. And as you know, all of our colleagues are really suffering with um, shift work, with um, metabolic syndrome, with obesity, diabetes, um, getting overweight. It's all about the donuts and the coffee, isn't it? And we don't do enough focus on our sleep and our stress management. So what I did was um, I was diagnosed with a condition called sacroiliitis, which is inflammation through the hip joints. And um, when I did my research in relation to it, you know, inflammation is a byproduct of being out of sync with your circadian rhythm in a big way. So I went off and I researched uh, what I could do in relation to it. I was told that I was going to have to be on anti-inflammatories for the rest of my life. So I started focusing on nutrition and working around nutrition, and I started to really thrive in my shift working environment. So I then uh, spoke to a director of Mac Nutrition Uni, which is probably the gold standard of uh, nutrition uh, nutrition schools in the world. Um, and he was uh, touring and uh, Martin McDonald was touring and I spoke to him and I said, oh, I want to help shift workers with um, nutrition. Do you think your school would be good? And he said to me, oh, you want to help shift workers? And I said, yes. And he goes, I've got the answer for that. And I said, oh, good. What is it? And he goes, tell them to stop doing shift work. <laughs> and I thought, I can't do that. I said to him, hey, Martin, how did you get here from the UK? And he said, oh, on a plane. And I said, yeah, who do you think was flying it? And who do you think was serving your scotch and coke and, you know, or your scotch on the rocks and who packed your bags and who put your bags on the plane and how do you think you got through the airport and, you know, so on and so forth. Cut a long story short, you know, Martin went away and thought about it and about three weeks later he messaged me and he said to me, I'd love to put you through our course um, to try and help shift workers worldwide with nutrition. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to combine my experience as a shift worker in frontline law enforcement so I can speak that language um, for you know nearly 39 years I've been doing it, but at that time it was 36. So I went back to study at, at the ripe old age of 56 years of age. And I'll tell you what, that was a big culture shock going back to study at 56 years of age, but I did do it. Um, and I've come out of that as a um, evidence-based certified MNU nutritionist now, which means, um, I mean, there's only 400 people a year that get to do this course worldwide. That's it. And I'm truly blessed to have been one of them and have come out of it with this qualification. So what I do now is I actually coach shift workers one-to-one -one with evidence-based strategies in um, nutrition combining it with the um, experience that I have in frontline law enforcement for in a 24-7 shift working environment. A lot of research has been done on shift workers 
Um, but they're people that they just grab off the street and they just put them into a tube for 24 hours to totally desync their uh, circadian rhythm. And we didn't really have a lot of actual shift workers that we could use. Um, and I'm in a position where I can look at the research and I can apply it into our actual living shift work environment, having lived in it. Now, I'm a father of two adult children as well. So I've got a 31-year-old son who also works in emergency services, 24-7 um, shift worker. And my daughter is also a 24-7 shift worker in law enforcement. And her husband is a 24-7 shift worker in law enforcement as well. So I've I'm surrounded by it. My partner is also working in a 24-7 shift work environment, used to be a 24-7 shift worker, but isn't anymore. So I, I'm around shift work. I've got the female side, the male side. I've got my own knowledge that I've got, and now I apply that. Um, so what I do now is I stay abreast of all of the evidence that's coming out, that's being released, because it's a really exciting time for shift workers with what we're learning at the moment. And I sort of call myself a bit of a conduit now between the researcher and the shift worker, because without people like us doing what we're doing here, that research you know, just gathers dust in books on a bookshelf. So uh, that's what we're doing at the moment. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. So there is so much here, Roger, because, um, you know, 39 years ex experience is a lot. Right. And I know that we all have our own journey here. But I mean, health and wellness within shift workers, like I've tried to do the research. And when I started really into this sort of wanting to help with because of my own journey, I couldn't find a lot of it here in North America. So what is it that's different about what you have, you know, you went back to school, what you've learned and what is it that you actually are able to, when you coach one-on-one, -on -one, what is it that you can change? Like, what is the biggest challenge or hurdle? I mean, we can't do anything about the sleep, the sleep, as far as the time, right? We work shift work, but what are the things that we can mitigate or what is the biggest thing that you see that you have to work with, with your clients? Or I think the, the, the number one thing that we have to work with with clients without any doubt whatsoever to start off with is mindset and to highlight to them that the way they're going about doing what they're doing. I think, let me just rephrase that. I think the first thing is people accept, oh, I'm a shift worker, so this is why I feel like this. That's the first problem that we have. But it doesn't have to be like that. And in fact, my my motto is learn how to thrive, not just survive while performing shift work. Because I know for a fact that you can thrive. While you control your controllables, you can actually thrive while you perform shift work. But I think what actually happens with majority of people that are shift workers working in our environment is what they do is it's all or nothing and then it ends up being nothing. So they just go back to the practices of doing whatever. And all they end up doing is, you know, putting another hole in their belt, putting another hole in their belt, you know, getting a bigger uniform and just accepting the fact, oh, I'm a shift worker, so this is what happens. But it doesn't have to be that way. And through simple, tiny little practices that, believe it or not, are all free of charge, free, mm. right? 
free of charge. Like the coaching to guide you and hold you accountable through that is not free, obviously. But the strategies that I coach my shift workers in are actually free. Because what I do is I teach them how to do certain things which optimizes their energy levels so that they have more energy to do the things that they love outside of their shift working world. Believe it or not, that's another catch cry of mine as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that because that is, I mean, I find in law enforcement, what I've, what I've seen is that we're, we're a different breed. We're a different personality. Anyone who's going into law enforcement and there's this mentality of go all in, it's all or nothing. And you're right, there is still, even though there's a lot of younger people coming on where they just, it's like, this is just the way it is. I can't do anything about the energy. I have to sleep more. And so I'm really, you know, it's so nice to hear that there are ways for people to thrive while doing the job that they, you know, that they signed up to do that they really want to do. And how do you, when it comes to the sleep aspect of things, Mm -hmm. people are working night shifts. How do you work into the night shift, the daytime sleep, trying to like get in the exercise, the proper nutrition? Is there, is there like some kind of method that you're using or is it really starting with full awareness on your the people's behalf, right? Because you got to be aware that you're doing, maybe not doing the things you need to be doing. Yeah, well, I think the most important thing to remember is you are completely different to me, right? quite apart from the fact you're female, I'm male, but that is a massive difference as well. That's something that has to be considered at the same time. Um, but every single person is unique and different in their own world. For a start, we have some people who are morning larks and we have some people who are night owls. Some people, and you will know them too, they thrive on night shift, absolutely love it. And then if you put them on a day shift and they want to work on a day shift, they really struggle. Like they can't get out of bed and it takes them forever to function on a day shift. Like if you've got a 6 a.m. start or a 7 a.m. start, they can't function. But if they're on an afternoon shift, they thrive. They're just quite happy. We need to work in with that to start off with. We need to be looking at that and working in with that. I've recently recorded a podcast, which I'm releasing in two weeks, with a doctor who is researching around rostering and the um, the actual obligations of an employee now to actually not just go, we've got a 24-7 roster, we've got to fill it. So, Roger, you're doing that shift. Um, Lyanne, you're doing that shift. Um, you know, Bill, you're doing that shift. Karen, you're doing that shift without giving it any thought at all. We can't do that. We need to strip down shift working business models and we need to build them to cope with the shift worker because it's only going to be a matter of time, I think, before someone is going to sue an organisation for their lack of due diligence and care for not looking after them. Even though they're in a shift working environment, they haven't optimised it for them. Like they're not working with people who enjoy and thrive on afternoon shift where there are people who can't work day shifts at all. There are people who can't work afternoon shifts. Why not put them on days? We need to work it more. And it's really quite interesting, the podcast by this doctor, this researcher um, out of Monash here in Melbourne, who's looking at this. 
And the podcast is phenomenal, um, just with what she says about strategies. So what I'm saying here is we need to work in, and when I get with my clients, I talk to my clients, and I do coach clients worldwide, um, but I talk to my clients about what, what their social life looks like, what their home life looks like, and what their work life looks like. And what we do is we find a balance that works in sync with all three of those. And we work through tiny little strategies that start to perpetuate into wanting to do more and more and more. Just daily, small daily habits as to how we can make a difference. Because we do have severe misunderstanding. And I can literally apply what I know and what I've learned into a shift working environment because I've done it for so long as well. So I know when we're being lazy bums compared to when we're actually really struggling. And I think when we are really struggling, then we need to control that controllable. We can't do anything about that. But you know, as well as I do, there's times when we are outside of our shift working life where we've got our three or four days off and we still feel like we've got to be shift workers. We've got to sit and watch TV until two o'clock in the morning or we've got to, because this seems to be the right thing to do and sleeping in. And we don't realise that that is actually impacting massively on our shift working life as well. Huge. That's very interesting because I did, I know a lot of, of office, officers here who, who would do that, right? We, we have an interesting schedule and we won't need to get into that, but how they would continue on that shift rotation, even on their days off. Um, because well, I think mm. at some point, maybe they were told that that was better for their body. Yes. Well, well, there's a bit of a misconception there as well, because one thing that you do have to remember is that we do time shift. There's no doubt about it. Let's just take travel. You know, um, you and I spoke off air just before. You're going to go to Europe, right, um, later on. And when you go, what will happen is you will literally go to Europe and you will slot into that time zone. So you will time shift your circadian rhythm into that time zone. But why does that actually happen? The answer to that is because you get light and dark at the same time every day. You also eat at the regular times during the day. You'll have your breakfast, lunch and dinner at the regular time during the day. And because you're on holiday, you'll be running around, getting up, going and enjoying your day, going and looking at sights and scenes and things like that. So you're getting the movement. Those three are the three main Zeitgebers, which are our time cues to our circadian rhythm. So what's happening is we are actually shifting our time zone to that because the body goes, oh, okay, I'm getting light now, okay? Oh, now we're getting food. Oh, because you got to remember our, our um, suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is the, time, the master time clock in our brain, it can't see. It can't see at all. So it's responding to light. It's responding light through our eyes. It's responding to what time we put our food into our system and it's feeling the movement as well. So what it's doing is it's actually falling in sync with that light movement and food time. Now, if you think about it, if you're a shift worker, like your crew, like you just touched on yourself and they go, oh, well, I just stay in my normal um, cycle of sync because that's what I've been told. Whereas that's not entirely incorrect and it's, you know, it, you could almost argue that that is why 
um, you know, it'd be like moving a time zone because what they've done is they've moved a time zone. But where the problem happens is when that shift schedule changes and then all of a sudden they're getting light at the wrong time and then they're getting food timing at the wrong time and then they're getting movement at the wrong time. So the body becomes incredibly confused as to what it is that's actually going on. So it doesn't know whether it should be digesting, whether it should be shutting down, whether it should be, you know, releasing sleep hormones or whether it should be suppressing sleep hormones. It doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. And this is where shift workers self-sabotage, but it's not their fault because they haven't been educated as to the best way to go about doing what they're doing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing how I think, I mean, again, I think like us, Roger, we're, we're out there and we're doing the research because we're intrigued and we want to be healthier and better and share this information. But the majority of people don't understand what our body does when we are sleeping, when we get the right amount of sleep at certain hours of that darkness, what our body is doing to digest and to repair and, and all of that. So yeah, when the body gets confused, then it's not going to do all those things and it's not going to digest. It's not going to rest and recover and repair. And I think that that's where I think what you're doing is bringing in the, uh, not only getting people to understand what they're self-sabotaging. I love that you said that, but also like there's a solution. There's a solution. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And, and can I just blanket this with, I'll tell you exactly what the solution is um, for all yeah. shift workers. And if someone said to me, what do you wish, ask me the question, what do you wish you'd known when you first started shift work to what you know, to what you've learned now? What do you wish you'd known? Sorry, let me rephrase that. What do you wish you'd known when you first started shift work that you know now? And my answer to that is very simple. You have to stay in line with your daytime, nighttime sequence as much as you can possibly do that, right? Mm -hmm. So that means a number of things. Getting light early, shutting down and having a really good sleep hygiene, which is your routine of going to bed every night and and, um, every time you go to sleep. Now, whether that's on day shift, whether that's on afternoon shift or whether that's you coming home from night shift, have exactly the same routine because your body responds to that routine. It's a clever little unit, our, our human body, and it does, it starts to respond to, um, oh, okay, so we're cleaning our teeth now, okay? Oh, so now we're taking our makeup off, okay? And now we're putting those creams on and the body smells and it feels and and you're starting to set a routine. And then you go into bed and you climb into bed and you do a bit of controlled breathing practice and the body goes, oh, perfect. We're going to go to sleep. Happy days because then I can shut everything down. I can go to sleep. I can repair. I can do all of that. But what a lot of people make the mistake with, sorry, let me just go back to that. And the other routine is if we eat, at what is normally breakfast time, eat at what is normally lunch time, eat at what is normally dinner time. Now, obviously, as shift workers, if we're on night shift, we're not getting lunch, are we? Because we're asleep. So we skip that. But what we don't do is we don't wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon and have a massive meal because that's pointless. That's silly. We're outside of our normal circadian rhythm. So what we would do is we would still eat at our breakfast when we get home and we would eat at our dinner when we get up at that time. And then 
we would fast overnight, which is a topic we can go into later on as to the reasons why we need to do that. So that's a whole, that's almost a whole podcast in itself. But, but if you get light and movement and also nutrient timing at the normal time, your circadian rhythm is going to thrive because it's going to digest food as we want it. It's going to know that it's awake. So therefore it's going to be thriving on that. Now I know people, I'm not going to have people come at me and say, you wouldn't know. I can tell you now, I absolutely do know. I've done it for probably longer than anybody is even listening to this podcast, 39 years, right? So I totally understand how it works and that you can do it. Even though you're on night shift, you can still optimise that as much as you can possibly optimise it. Now, I've got my way of doing it. That may not suit you, Lyanne. You know, it may not suit you at all. And it may not suit Bill that's listening to this as well. But we can find a solution for Bill that will still work in with that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's what I do when I coach my shift workers to help them with those main time cues, light and dark, food timing, and also to make sure that we're getting that movement early in the day, which tells our body that we're awake, digest, do the job, have all the right hormones running in the right places. Because while we're forcing it to do things outside of its rhythm, of normal rhythm, it's actually really, really struggling. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you an analogy. If you imagine our suprachiasmatic nucleus is the master clock, imagine that's the conductor of an orchestra. All right, and that's what it is. It's a conductor of an orchestra. Now, every single cell in our body has its own time clock. Every single cell has its own time clock. Research is showing that it's got. So um, not only that, but our liver has and our stomach has and our uh, pancreas has and everything else has. Now, you imagine the orchestra is conducting, but every single cell has gone and got their own favourite piece of music and they're all playing their own favourite piece of music because that's what they like. That's what they're doing. That is literally what shift work is like to our body. So we need to bring it all in so that everybody's playing the same piece of music at the same time. And that's my best analogy that I can get. That is amazing. That's a great analogy because that's what happens, right? When our body literally gets out of sync, it starts to, other parts don't work properly. There's other things that are happening. Disease sets in, sickness, our immune system. I love that analogy very, very much. So was there something in your journey that sort of made you have that aha where it was like, this the shift work isn't working for me. I've got to figure something out. Was there a specific incident or was it just gradual over time that you were like, there's, there's got to be a way to thrive? Yeah, well, I've, I think without any doubt whatsoever, the more I learned that I needed to stay in sync with my body clock, the better I felt and the more I started to thrive. Now, I'm not sure what your agency does or how they actually work their rosters around. And, and, and every different department, nurses, fire, paramedics, police, it's all different right the way around the world it is. But if we, we generally are on a rotating 24-7, like no one, no one should be doing permanent nights, right? They should, that's bottom line. No one should be doing permanent nights because it's just so detrimental to your health. Um, and you can't switch to becoming a nocturnal because we are not nocturnal um, beings, right? Um, we are diurnal. So, therefore, we need 
to be awake during the day. You, you don't you don't turn a nocturnal human body, a, a diurnal human body, into a nocturnal being without there being a massive health impact down the track. And it is literally that simple. You can't do it, right? Because when you've got days off, you're not going to sleep all day and be awake all night. What's the point? And not only that, but you're still going to want to go to that family barbecue or you still want to go to somewhere where you're going to be up and about during the day. So you can't do that. Now, in answer to your question, the aha moment for me was you've got to get up and you've got to, keep everything in sync because your circadian rhythm is an anticipatory system that works with what is the normal time. That's why we start to get hungry around lunchtime because our circadian rhythm is dictating that it's getting close to lunchtime. It knows where it's at in time to know that it's getting close to lunchtime. So we need to eat. It's come around dinner time. It knows that we're starting to um, get to around dinner time and we want to, um, you know, things like that. Um, and when we give it early movement, it then learns. You know, everyone that crawls out of bed first thing in the morning, like, I know if you've worked a late, and uh, when I say a late, an afternoon shift, you finished at about 10 or 11 o'clock, and you might think, you know what, I've done four afternoon shifts in a row today. I'm going to have a good sleeping today. I'm going to catch up on sleep. Uh-uh. You can't catch up on sleep, full stop. You can't. And the more you sleep in, the more you're throwing your circadian rhythm out, the worse you're going to feel and the more tired you're going to get. Now, people will argue that with me. I'm going to categorically tell you that if you have a sleep in and you don't get up, like if you've done four afternoon shifts and you feel incredibly tired, like really tired and you need to have a sleep in, if you've got a day off, you need to get up at seven o'clock in the morning, which is a decent time to get up. Get yourself at, go outside, get the daylight, have your caffeine, which is the lifeblood, the nectar of the gods, as I call it. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, have, it yes. Is. Have, have your caffeine, because this is when we use caffeine at the best possible time as well. So we use caffeine um, and we get our daylight and we take ourselves for a walk around the block. Now, we don't have to get out and go 10,000 steps and walk for an hour and a half because that becomes overwhelming and daunting and we don't want to do that. Just go for a walk around the block because what you're doing is you've just introduced the three main zootkeepers into your circadian rhythm, light, movement, and nutrient timing at that time. And your body will shut down all the night processes and you'll feel so much better, more energized, because your body is running in daytime mode, not nighttime mode. And then you'll go through the day. Now, if you've got to go back to work that night, have yourself a 25 minute nap and then go back to work. You'll feel heaps better for doing that as well. Um, and, and, and I think the aha moment for me, without doubt, was the importance of staying as much in sync with your circadian rhythm as you possibly can. Now, I will preface this with control the controllables. There will be times when you get home at 3 a.m. in the morning because you've had some felon that's caused you some problem that you've got stuck with a remand or, you know, you're stuck overnight. That's not a controllable. That's something that we just have to suck it up and live with. But we get up and we still get those that light, that caffeine, get moving, because that's what's going to help us, not the lounging around, crawling off the couch and going, I can't do anything out of bed. I can't do anything today. I'm just going to crawl to the couch in the darkness of inside watching TV, and then you can't sleep at night because you've been drinking caffeine all night as well, and there's another one, caffeine. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's my aha, without doubt. Sorry, that was a long answer, but that is my aha moment. 
No, I think I think it's important that people understand how important it is to have those things in the morning, right? That instant daylight being yep. brought into your body. And I mean, here in Canada, we honestly, it's like, we're lucky, like these eight weeks that we're having for summer, we really, we soak up the sunshine yeah. because a lot of the time we're in winter and it's hard. And I just thought about this, what you were talking about, that is any, like, I've seen those lights, the, mm -hmm. there's, Sad lamp? Sad, yeah. sad lamp, yes. Yeah, and, and how effective are those? For people yeah, that, they're quite, I know they're what quite that good. is. Maybe you can explain exactly what that is. I would love to, and I was actually going to raise it with you because I know that, you know, it, it gets dark. You're, you're, you know, about as north as we are south, you know, um, of the equator. So, you know, you, you would go into, when you go into winter, I mean, I don't know, you're probably even further north, depending on where you live, but... Um, you know, in your winter time, I, I'm guessing it's probably dark until seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then it starts getting dark at four, five o'clock in the afternoon. Bang on, that's yep. right. Yeah, so I would be guessing that's the case. So what people say to me is, "Yeah, good one, Rog. How do I get light at that time?" Well, I would introduce people to what's known as what's called a sad light. Now. I'm sad. It's not sad because it's crying. It's sad because have you noticed, have you noticed, and your listeners will all know, how good do they feel at the moment? They feel amazing, don't they? Because they're getting that daylight, they're getting that vitamin D, they're getting the sunlight, they're getting their outside, the outdoor activities, they're moving. Everything's fantastic. That's why everyone's up and about at the moment and feels fantastic. But through the winter, how sad do we feel? Sad being the operative word. Yeah. There's a term that's actually seasonal affective disorder. And what happens is, is we do, we get the winter blues, don't we? Like, unless you're a, a winter thriver and you love skiing or tobogganing or something like that. And there's those people, of course. We don't need those negative people in our life. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. I hate winter. I travel when it's summer, and that's it, right, for me. Uh, I, I, I run away from the winter here, and that's the beauty of travelling in opposite um, hemispheres so that you can actually travel and chase the summer. But um, because I do suffer from seasonal affective disorder, we're coming out of our winter now, but the sun's starting to come up. We're starting to get our daylight. We're, daylight. we're starting to get our um, vitamin D windows started to open up again. So we get that good vitamin D. We get out, get the shoulders out in the sun, start enjoying the sun, and you do, you feel so much better. Now, in the winter, while your officers are in the winter or anybody that's a shift worker that's listening to this podcast, you can just jump on Amazon and it's prime day, obviously, but you can jump on Amazon and what you can do is you can actually get what's known as a sad lamp, right? And it's a seasonal affective disorder lamp. And these box, and I would chat with your doctor about it, important, just in case you're on medications that could conflict with that as well, because light therapy is very strong and it's 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 used in the um, psychology sphere for people with mental disorders in a very big way so don't just go out and buy one and start using it have a chat with your doctor about it as well it is quite important but i've i've just put a post on my instagram about the sad lamp and for ladies in particular you know they're in their um, ensuite or their bathroom when they get up in the morning and they've stepped out of the shower 
That's when you turn your sad lamp on. You don't have to sit there looking at it, right? It's just down and out of the way, but it's providing what's known as 10,000 lumen of light into your eyes or up towards your eyes that starts registering. So what that does, it's imitating daylight going into your eyes. Remember, your body can't tell that's not the sun. It's just getting the light, right? So it's going, oh, light. Oh, it must be wake-up time. And people are finding that having this lamp on while they're getting ready in the morning, putting their face on, doing their hair, drying themselves, making sure they look Mickey Mouse, you know, and then off they go to work because they've woken themselves up, they've told their body. And I think in Canada, in particular, North America through the winter, ideal to invest in a sad lamp for yourself to avoid seasonal affective disorder, like it's not going to provide you with vitamin D, obviously, but it's about the light. Remember the Zeekeepers, light, movement, and nutrient timing. So the light really helps us with the sad, the sad lamp really helps. And the dime a dozen on Amazon, but you, you know, get, you've got to invest in a really good one. Like, you know, don't go out and spend $10 on one because it's not going to be a good one. You know, you want one that you can, even if it's USB powered, that it can run in the ensuite, and then you can take it out while you're making your coffee and just sit it next to the coffee machine while you're standing there and drinking your water before your coffee because we always hydrate before we caffeinate, don't we? We sure do. Yeah, so we hydrate. But you can put it on the bench while you're getting ready. And and obviously you don't have to have it on the dashboard of the car when you're driving to work. Like, that's ridiculous. But (laughs) what I'm saying to you is trigger that brain. Trigger that – tell the master clock, hey, we're awake, let's get going. Just – What benefit is there of crawling out of bed in the darkness, having a shower, grizzling and groaning all the way to work, waiting for your body to wake up and realize um, no benefit? Get some light therapy early into your eyes. Even if it's 15 minutes, it's better than nothing. If it's 10 minutes, it's better than nothing. Like half an hour is ideal, but no one's got half an hour in the morning. But a bit of light is certainly going to help you. Mm, I think what it is that people don't understand is what that's triggering, right? That's triggering the hormones and your brain to literally start waking up. I think that that's the key here is that when we don't have the natural, the natural sunlight or daylight doesn't always, it's just daylight, right? It's triggering so many things within this human body and our body is so smart. I think a lot of people don't understand and they are so disconnected with what our body can do. So I love that. Um, I know that I have quite a number of officer friends that that have really noticed that they, as they've gotten older, that the winters are harder. And that um, seasonal affective disorder. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Without doubt. But as I said, have a chat with a doctor and ask them about light therapy and what what they think, whether you think that a a sad lamp, and it is called a sad lamp because it's seasonal affective disorder, see if they think that a sad lamp would help. Even if you've got to get up 10 minutes earlier, that 10 minutes will get you going because... Like you quite rightly said, what we've got to do is suppress that melatonin, right? Because the melatonin is in our circadian rhythm. Melatonin secretes until about 7.30 in the morning, and that's why we don't wake up. It takes us ages. So if you're on a 6 a.m. start, that's why it takes you until 8, 9 o'clock before you're even starting to function. People think it's the caffeine. It's not so much the caffeine. It's that the melatonin production has been suppressed through the light. But imagine if you gave it that light first thing and then you were driving to work going, oh, my God, I just feel so much better. Just from light? Can that be right? Yes. 
Yes. And this is what I'm talking about with people that don't worry about supplements. Don't worry about going out looking for the magic pill that's got the blue at one end and the yellow at the other. And this is the secret. And this is what John takes because it's perfect. Just get that light. Remember always, if you take nothing away from this podcast, the one thing I hope that you do take away is the three main Zeekgebers to thriving. And that is light nutrient timing and movement early, 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 early. Once you wake up, because that's going to tell your body we're up and about, you will feel so much better and you will feel like doing more. Mm, I love that. Thank you for that. Because I think a lot of people, right, they, they're tired. They don't want to get themselves out of bed other than the latest amount of time that they know that they have to leave in order to get to the station, to get their uniform on and to get to parade, to get to ships. And they don't want to have that extra, but an extra 10 minutes, right? It can yep. make a huge, huge difference. Massive. And I like that you brought that up about supplements because that was going to be one of the next questions that I had for you. Um, like vitamin, again, with the sun, the, the lamp isn't going to give you the vitamin D. Huh. It's going to help with the melatonin. But what, what do you or do you introduce supplements like a vitamin D? Yep, I do. Me personally, I supplement with vitamin D. All year round. That's me. And I live in Australia, right? So we get a lot of sun, right? But even in Australia, research has been conducted in Australia alone. And because we've got the image of, you know, the cork hat, the crocodile Dundee, you know, the cork hat and it's out back and it's sunshine all the time. Um, but the thing is, we wear sunblock and we've been taught in life now that it's slip, slop, slap. You know, we've got a slip on um, a shirt, slap on sunscreen and, and slap on a how, whatever, however it goes. But you've got to cover up. A lot of people don't realise that, that vitamin D doesn't synthesise on the skin through sunblock. And it certainly doesn't through clothing. It's got to be on naked skin, right? Now, I'm not telling everyone to run around in the nude, for goodness <laughs> sake. But Well, I know you. I'm sure there's those beaches there in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got those. We've absolutely got those beaches as well. But it's not a pretty sight. It's not as pretty as you imagine it would be, that's for sure. <laughs> apparently. Apparently, right? I'm not apparently. sure. <laughs> apparently. But what I want to say is I make a point every single day. Now, here's a little tip for your listeners as well. There's an app that's called D-Minder, right? And it's literally D-Minder, M-I-N-D-E-R, right? Now, I shared it on my story. I nearly share it on my Instagram story every single day for people so they can see when the vitamin D window is where I am. But it would be unique to where you are as well, uh, Lianne. So where you are now, if you open the app, it uses your location and it will tell you what your vitamin D window is. And if you put your skin tone, your hair tone, your um, body, how much, what you're wearing, it will tell you literally how much vitamin D you're actually synthesizing in that time, right? And it's free. It's fascinating. It's a fabulous app, right? And anybody can use it. Now, you might think, Rog, why are you talking about an app? We underestimate, we totally underestimate the impact that vitamin D has on a shift worker. It really is one of the main symptoms one of the main symptoms of um, vitamin D deficiency is fatigue. And when we top our vitamin D up or we have vitamin D, we are in a position where we feel so much better full stop, right? So what I do is I literally take 2,500 international units of vitamin D 365 days of the year. 
because our body is very clever. It knows that if we're topped up and we're out in the sun, it won't synthesize anymore. So you don't get the tox- you don't get the to- um, toxicity from vitamin D, and you can take an enormous amount of vitamin D daily. But what I love about vitamin D as a supplement as well is, if you're a person that forgets to take your supplements daily, if you've forgotten for the last three days, you can take three days in one, right? Or you might say on Saturday that is my vitamin D day, and you can take the whole lot in one one hit vitamin D. There's no problems with doing that at all. It's what they call a fat-soluble vitamin. So it, we we ingest it, it goes into our adipose cells, and it sits in our adipose cells, which is our fat cells, until our body draws on it. Now, vitamin D is something that we can't really get from food, right? We, you have to eat an awful lot of eggs, like 42 eggs to get the right amount of vitamin D. It's a lot, you know, so we can't. We need to supplement it, or we need to get out in the sun. So two things. I would highly suggest Canadians, in particular, all supplement with vitamin D all the time, particularly your shift workers. I would suggest it. I every single one of my shift workers, I have them supplementing vitamin D. Everyone, and they all tell me how much better they feel um, as time goes by. And I know it's the vitamin D, right? Or the, and the hydration as well is another thing for um, fatigue. But um, vitamin D is very, very important to our system that we actually have vitamin D in our system. It helps with the absorption of calcium into our bones. It just helps with fat loss. It helps with our um, sensitivity, uh, insulin sensitivity. It's just the hormone of all hormones. Rod, you called it a hormone. Yeah, vitamin D is actually a hormone, right? So it's a super super important hormone. And we need to make sure that we've got that. It's the happy hormone, right? It comes from the sun and it's the happy hormone. So when you look at it, that people that you say that your colleagues, your officers say to you, oh, I really struggle with the winter. They're not only struggling because they're not getting the light, but their vitamin D reserves are probably almost zero. Yeah. So supplement the vitamin D all year round. And as I said, I safely take 2,500 IU every single day, 365 days of the year. And And I just feel so much better on it. But, you know, you still use the lamp in the morning for the light yeah. because the light is not the vitamin D, right? It's a different thing yeah. together. Um, and, and omega-3s as well, although I don't know what you're like with your um, fatty fishes or um, omega-3s in, um, in Canada, but we don't get a lot of fatty fish down this way. It's not like the North Shore of the UK where they get a lot like mackerel and things like that. But if you're not having fish twice a day, not twice a day, twice a week in your diet, good fatty fish you know, um, like really good fatty fish, um, then we're in a position where you will not have sufficient omega-3s in your diet as well. And you need to have omega-3s. They help you to thrive as well. They're really, really good for cardiovascular disease. And what are shift workers very, very susceptible to? Cardiovascular disease. So let's get those omega-3s in to help combat that as well. And those two supplements are the two supplements that I have every shift worker on. Omega-3s. And vitamin D. Amazing. And it's that simple, right? I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, but right. when you, it can be as simple. We don't need to overcomplicate it. I mean, there's so much information out there, but we break it down, like you said, to the three things uh, to do in, in the morning to get ourselves sort of our body moving again. And vitamin D is huge. I know it's so, so imperative that I have 
my husband's on it. My kids are on it. We yep. use the liquid. Um, yep. And it's it's just a mood. It's totally like you said. It changes the mood. It's the happy the happy hormone. It is. When you mentioned um, about naps, let's yep. touch briefly. Let's touch briefly uh, on napping. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> One of my favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because there's again uh, in my journey of my husband loves to nap. Uh, yep. when he comes home and I'm like, but does it not affect, like, I know when you're tired, I think we need to listen to your body a thousand percent. Yep. How does napping for shift workers promote, especially those going on to a night shift or a late shift? Yep. How does that really help? Does it impede their sleep the next day or is it something that you promote? Oh, I highly promote naps, but I've got to, there's a, um, a clause on that as well, a massive clause, mm-hmm. that when you nap, you can't nap for any longer than 25 minutes. There we go. Now you might think, there what? Now, whenever I, talk, <laughs> whenever I talk naps, whenever I talk naps to people, I go, oh, God, no, nah, I don't nap. Because if I do nap, what I do is I actually wake up feeling so groggy and awful, right? And there's a reason for that as well, Lianne, right? And the reason for that is because you nap longer than 25 minutes. That's the that's the fact, all right? Now, let's just work out how the brain works to start off with, all right, in, in relation to sleep. So let me just explain this to you quite simply. When we first wake up, we have adenosine receptors in our brain, and when we first wake up and we drink coffee, caffeine goes and blocks those adenosine receptors because the caffeine molecule imitates the adenosine in our bloodstream, right? Now, adenosine, as it builds up, is actually our sleep pressure in our brain. And the more adenosine that builds up, the more sleep pressure we have, and it's called the sleep homeostat, right? So what happens is the longer we've been awake, the more sleep pressure there is, and then the more risk there is because our body gets to the stage where it goes, oh, my God, I need to micro-nap. And it will micro-nap without you realising. And that's when it becomes really dangerous when we're driving. And that's why, you know, micro-naps can kill you. You know, you shut your eyes, bang, you're off the road, bang into a tree, done, right? So we have adenosine and we have adenosine receptors. So what happens is as the day goes by, adenosine starts to build like a plaque on the brain on those adenosine receptors. And that sleep pressure really builds up. When we have a nap, One of the first things that happens when we actually have a nap is that adenosine falls away from the brain, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, it takes that sleep pressure away from us. Now, if you nap for longer than 25 minutes, you then go into that deep sleep, bang, straight into it. And that's why when you wake up, that's when you just can't function. And that's called sleep inertia. So when you can't function, it's because you've been asleep for too long. But... What we're trying to do now and what I do is I highly encourage our shift working community that if they feel tired and they really, really need to sleep, there's just have a nap for 25 minutes. Set an alarm, but you've got to get up at that 25 minutes because if you roll over and go back to sleep, you are in a world of hurt, right? Because yeah. you will wake up in the middle of a main sleep cycle. The other thing that I say is don't wake up at an hour, but if you set your clock for an hour and a half, 
because we come out of sleep after every 90 minute cycle right so as we come as we go we, we go the first 25 minutes is our body going are we sleeping what are we doing what are we doing? we've washed the pressure out uh, okay okay now we've gone to sleep 30 minutes yeah okay we get it we're asleep so we go to sleep but at every 90 minutes our body goes into its next cycle, but it comes out of sleep before it goes into its next cycle as well. So you can literally wake up around 90 minutes or 180 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you can do that. So people that sleep for an hour and a half, fantastic, right? That's great if you're going in on night shift. But you wouldn't want to work a day shift and come home at four o'clock in the afternoon and sleep for an hour and a half and then try to go to bed at nine o'clock at night. It's not going to work because you've released all that sleep pressure and there's no sleep pressure that's building up to put you to sleep for when you want to go to sleep, right? right? Yeah. So, so I highly encourage also, you know, depending on who your bosses are or whatever, if you're on night shift, now we know we have life, right? You, you're a mum, you've got children, you've got a husband, you've got a household to run, the car needs servicing, you've got medical emergencies, you've got things that happen in your day during the day in between your nights. And you know that you haven't had any sleep, but you've gone to work because you have to go to work, right? That's it. You've got to go to work. But you should be allocating yourself 25 minutes to have a nap because that nap may just save your life, right? Yeah. And the reason why I say that is it's not about not falling asleep. It's about the mistake that you could make because you are so mentally fatigued that you can't think. The majority of accidents, major accidents occur between 3 and 5 a.m., right, in business. Yep. And also, some of our biggest disasters have occurred between 3 and 5 a.m. as well um, because people have made errors because they can't think because they're on night shift, like the, um, um, what's the, Chernobyl. Chernobyl yeah. was between 3 and 5 a.m. The Exxon Valdez was between yeah. 3 and 5 a.m. All of those things occur around that time because that's when people are making mistakes. But if you had have had a 25-minute nap, you can have that 25-minute nap and then you can literally just, just chip the plaque away and then it just takes that sleep pressure off. Look, people, they call it a power nap, but people have a power nap and they can power nap, then they come back and they come back so much better. Yeah, um, yeah. But it can only be 25 minutes, less than half an hour. It's got to be less than half an hour. If you go over that half an hour, you're in the red zone. You're in the, the sleep inertia area. So where your husband comes home and he's exhausted, yeah, no worries, babe. Go and lie on the bed for 25 minutes and I'll come and drag you out of bed and open the curtains. Right? And, yeah. And I would do that with a stick from a distance because you're likely to get a left cross right across the room. But what I'm saying is... This is where people make the problem and, and make the mistake when they nap. They call a nap an hour and a half. I'd call that a sleep, you know what I mean, or an hour. You're literally waking yourself up in the worst possible time. Here's one for your listeners as well, which is a beauty. The caffeine power nap, right? Yeah. You're on night shift and it's midnight. You haven't slept all day because you've had family stuff or you had to go to a funeral or you've had something that you've had to do, right? So it's awful. So we have the caffeine power nap. Now, this is well-researched, well-researched. So what you do is you're exhausted and you know you're not coping and it's 12 o'clock and you're in the charge counter or whatever and you've just said to your colleague, I just need to zone out for 25 minutes. I just have to. So what you do is you go and pour yourself a great big um, coffee, 
and you drink the coffee and you sit down in the chair at work and you rock back and you go to sleep. Now, in that 25 minutes, it takes 20 minutes for caffeine to pass through the digestive tract and reach the brain. But in that 25 minutes as well, the adenosine has fallen away from the adenosine receptor. So while you're asleep, the adenosine's fallen away the caffeine's hit the adenosine receptor. When you wake up, you wake up like you're on speed. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, the that caffeine power nap. If you, wow. Google, if you Google it, the caffeine power nap, you'll see how you can go about doing it. But you, you don't go, oh, I think I'll have a nap and have some coffee and then go and lie down. Because by the time you've gone to sleep, the caffeine said you won't even go to sleep, right? That's one thing. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be seriously fatigued. But this is a way that you can avoid that grogginess as well when you wake up. You know, when people wake up groggy, because the two biological functions that occur is the adenosine flushes away from the brain and the caffeine actually goes into the brain, right? So therefore, it's it's working as, and you just wake up like an owl. <laughs> I'm going to have to share that one. Well, if everybody listens to this episode, they'll be like, how did we not know? Everyone should know this as a shift worker, right? Mm. little thing. And if anyone oh, follows me on Instagram, I've actually got a... Um, an Instagram reel on the Caffeine Power app and how to go about doing the Caffeine Power app as well. Um, and people have come back to me and they've said to me, oh, my God, it is absolutely amazing that you've got to be seriously fatigued. Like, you've, you've got to be, I don't think I can get through the next hour. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be tired or, you know, you want to avoid, in our jobs, you've, you know, you're tooled up. You've got gas, you've got... Um, tasers, you've got firearms, you've got all sorts of stuff. Wow, you know, you're in charge of all this equipment. You can't afford to be fatigued and making mistakes. And this is what we go back to, um, Lyanne, when I talk about the podcast that I've just recorded with Dr. Jade Mm. Murray around a shift-working environment. They need to structure this 25 or half an hour power nap for if you need it. You need, it needs to be sanctioned that if you need to do that, you can do it. It's not about going to bed. Put, you know, you don't put your pajamas on, make your bed, grab your teddy and climb in and go to sleep. You know what I mean? It's not one of those. It's a 25-minute power nap, and it needs to be built into our, um, our, our structure. Mm, and I think that's a mentality within um, not just law enforcement, definitely I would think more so where um, – you know, it's just the through and push through and, you know, don't worry. Like there's so much talk about health and wellness within the last few years, at least here, but there's still not a lot of movement on it. It's a lot of talk. No. No. Um, but I was really fascinated about listening to this podcast that you did because the whole concept of certain people work better. I mean, are, we're all different in how you, how you coach your clients is that yep. we aren't, we're all unique and finding what is the best shift and how you can either try to find a steady shift. We've ha- we have that here where some officers are strictly on fixed days. Yep. We did try a number of years ago on a pilot project, but it was strictly nights um, yep. where a lot of the guys wanted to just work night shift. But I think this is, this is the changing of mm-hmm. the mentality of pushing through and really looking at health and wellness from a shift workers perspective so that, you know, when that 30-year career is up, that you can move on and really thrive, um, not oh, only yeah. after, but during, yeah. but during for sure. 
But, so, Leanne, how many shift workers do you hear of that have got to their 30 years and retired and tragically have died not lot long afterwards because, you know, they lose their way and, and also because they're so metabolically challenged, and I mean so metabolically challenged, that they finally give up work and they go, right, but they lose that sense of where they've got to be at what time and how. Um, and we do, we hear this a lot and it's awful. And I want, I want people to retire full of life, thriving and traveling and, you know, and, and going to the gym and walking and, and people, you know, a lot of people, a lot of officers would get to the stage where they do their 30 years and go, go to the gym. Are you kidding? All I want to do is sit and fish. That's all I want to do, just sit and fish, you know, and I, I get that. I totally understand that, but we underestimate once again, the, the, the little lifestyle choices, see, I remove exercise from any program that I have. I don't call it exercise because exercise has an overwhelming undertone of I've got to put my exercise gear on. I've got to get in the car. I've got to pack, oh, pack a bag. I've got to get in the car. I've got to drive to the gym. I've then got to go in and do something in the gym for an hour. Then I've got to drive home. Then I've got to have a shower, get changed, and that creates a whole aura. So I just call it movement. What movement are you going to get in? Because your movement might be yoga. My movement is going to do resistance training. Somebody else's might be just going for a walk. And do you know what? They are all okay. (laughs) They're all okay. Nothing wrong with any of those. It's movement. Just get movement in our body. Our endocrine system and our body is literally designed to move and keep moving because that's what keeps all those hormones pumping through our body all the time. And it lets gravity do its work with our digestion and everything else. We're just designed to move. Mm. Oh my goodness. So there's so much that we, we didn't touch on yet, (laughs) Roger, but um, as we talked before I hit record, there is going to be a whole other episode. That's going to be a little bit of a series we're going to do here because the next conversation we're going to dig into meditation because I know everybody knows this is my thing that is, and I, and people say it's so dramatic. I'm like, no, it literally saved me. And I know we've talked about this off record, so I can't wait to have that conversation, but I would love for you just to share where people can find you and follow you and go watch the um, caffeine power nap reel. And, um, and, and where they can just learn a little bit more about you. Yep. Thank you very much for the opportunity as well. People can find me at ahealthyshift.com. That's my website, which is just about to be all updated as well with some updated photos and, and um, things that I'm doing. But that's the home of A Healthy Shift. That's where everything lives. It's got my podcast. It's got blogs up there that people might find beneficial. And it's also got the links to what my coaching entails and and, um, and how you can find me coaching. And, of course, if anybody is in um, the Northern Hemisphere and they're looking for coaching or listening to this, then I'm more than happy to have that conversation. People can come through. I offer a half-hour free Zoom session where I can have a chat with them and have a look at their life, their social life, their shift work life, and help them with that as well. I'm also on Instagram at a underscore healthy underscore shift. Um, there's a lot of resources that I've put up on there with reels and, and posts and things like that to help the shift worker as well. Um, in my bio through my Instagram and also on my website as well, I've actually got a free ebook that people can get, which is um, the overnight fast and why we should fast overnight um, and the benefits of the overnight fast as well. So that's linked off my website as well as linked off my Instagram bio. 
free for people to download and just work through that. Got a couple of cheeky recipes in there for people as well that um, uh, if they do, but it tells you what you should eat and when you should eat it over the night shift. Um, and if any, anything that I've said resonates with anybody at all, by all means, um, reach out, send me a DM. I always respond to my DMs. I'm, I'm still at the stage where I, I can still manage that. Um, it's not going to be much longer before I won't be able to, but yeah, feel free to reach out and I'm more than happy to have a chat with anybody around ongoing coaching or even just a one-off consult to help them as well. And thank you very much for the opportunity, Leanna. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And then just so that usually at the beginning, that is how we connected um, on Instagram. So I love how social media brings us so much more, you know, together in this fast world. But um, as I said, there's a few things here that we didn't get to touch on. And you just mentioned again, fasting. Um, and I wanted to touch, of course, on sort of intuitive eating, which we sort of talked about, but um, I think that, you know, there's so much info here and I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time out and uh, just uh, for everyone who's listening, just stay tuned because uh, Roger and I will be doing a part two, maybe even a part three, if we haven't even got to what all the stuff that we want to talk about. So thank you so much. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Roger. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shift Worker and on Instagram at Lianne McGaughy. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.